You can't be serious with that shot. Trip to the Sweet 16. Kaylee's got it. Rises up. The shot. And it's gone! It's gone! Wisconsin has won it! Turn it off to Abdul Rahman at midcourt. Extra pass. And it goes for the win! Jesperson. Driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it! In ten seconds. Unbelievable. Tie. It's Hayward pulling it down. Getting around Zubak. At midcourt, launches the shot. Oh, and almost went in. Almost went in. And Duke is the king of the dance. 2010. she can't come up with enough. Absolute. Incredible performance. Shock it off. College basketball, UMBC makes history in Charlotte. But hey, enough of my yakking. What do you say? Let's boogie. Let's boogie! Let's boogie. If you have crack, let's boogie. <laughs> no one is going into your no. asshole. I, I, well, I, I wouldn't I, let him without the crack. All right, it's another edition of Let's Boogie. You're probably wondering where the fella's been for the last two weeks um long story short uh two weeks ago we recorded what we thought was probably one of the best episodes we did and then uh your boy's computer crashed and i lost my audio and we got really sad and we tried to play rocket league to get not sad and i gronk spiked my headphones into the ground and snapped them in half so i was angsty um and then last week, we just had shit going on. Um, it was Boys State Basketball Tournament Week here in Lincoln. I spent multiple 12-plus hour days at Pinnacle Bank Arena watching high school basketball, doing some riding. Old uh, old Matt Matt got some uh, production rolling for his uh, next endeavor in, in film school. But we're here. It is the happiest week of the year for me. And uh, we're going to do a little two for one. So right now we're just here to talk about brackets. Um, We're going to go through, give our thoughts on the NCAA tournament. Uh, Playing games start Thursday night. The first four games being played uh, for to decide some 11s and some 16s. And then the real deal, Holyfield gets going on friday real deal holyfield what a caucasian thing to say but um yeah with that being said uh let's get into it um i am very excited um that we get to do the brackets that we get to do all this the ncaa tournament definitely happening this has uh kind of been a a pastime of mine um, in eighth grade at Buffett. That was when, I, no, I think it might have even been seventh grade, was when I started doing a bracket pool. And back then, we all didn't have smartphones and there wasn't an app. So I had kids filling, paper brackets, fill it, baby. filling out paper brackets in class in middle school and then dropping off $10 at my locker during passing periods. And and it it was like drug dealing. It was. Because because for some reason, the Buffett administration decided that it was like against the rules to do a bracket 
group challenge. Oh, they they like said it, but they never they never came and got me. Fuck them. They never they never came and got me. I was like uh <laughs> I was like El Chapo. They're like, "No, we got him." I'm like, "No, you don't." Dig 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 dig. I'm gone. Um so um started way back in the day. I mean, I I have very distinct memories of the NCAA tournament, both just watching games on the couch as a kid, or, you know, I've been lucky enough to attend some really cool games in person. Um, see some really cool people walk see with some, some really, really cool, cool people. people. <laughs> yeah. Like when we saw Bill Murray in Des Moines, never forget. Um, just in the tunnel casually, we, we were just walking down and turn around and, we were just like, is that Bill yeah, fucking Murray? Yeah, I look at you, I'm like, is that Bill Murray? And you're like, I think it is. Wow, he looks like shit. And yeah, um, He was old. He still st- is old. Still is old. Um, I think my go-to, my go-to uh, NCAA tournament story... I mean, I don't... We don't want to ramble on forever, but, I've, you know, it's just... I've got all sorts of them. 2013-14, um, when we were sophomores in high school... Uh, was when Nebraska caught their little lightning in a bottle to make their first NCAA tournament since 96. And I made a bet with my dad after after No Sit Sunday against Wisconsin. I said, if Nebraska makes the NCAA tournament, we're getting in the car and we're driving to wherever they're going to play. And my dad said, it's fucking Nebraska basketball. There's no chance anyway. And they made it. And we drove 12 hours straight through to San Antonio, Texas. And the first... Uh, Just a casual drive-through. Oh, yeah. And the first uh, restaurant we walk into that night in San Antonio, uh, the first person we see is none other than uh, Mr. Tim Miles, who I would go on to spend a couple years working for, which um, when I show... So that we obviously... Uh, there's a picture of me and Tim from that night. Uh, and then when I started working as a manager at Nebraska, I showed him the picture and the first thing he said was, was this before or after the game? I said, coach, we're smiling. This was obviously before the game. These were happier times <laughs> because that is still to this day, uh, the single worst officiated basketball game I've ever seen. But also that weekend got to see Iowa state beat North Carolina at the buzzer shout out Fred Hoiberg and also got to see Creighton lose by 30 to Baylor. So it was oddly satisfying, even though Nebraska came up short that weekend and it's just things like that. If I remember, was Nebraska a 12 seed that year? Nebraska was an 11 seed. They were ah, playing close. six seeded Baylor. Um, and yep. yeah, they pl- the game was in the arena where the Spurs play in San Antonio. And um, yeah, that was when I started, started my own little streak. I think I had a streak going of going to at least one NCAA tournament game every year from that year till the last time that there was a tournament back in 2019. Um, Omaha has been lucky to host some pretty good tournament games, uh, Wichita State beating Kansas and all the people who root for Wichita State and look like they're on meth. That was fun. Um, I mean, I could go on. But when it comes down to it... um, I am a basketball guy through and through. Uh, I've been referred to as a basketball head. I knew I had a big-ass head. I didn't know it looked like a basketball. But um, 
So let's just say this is an exciting week for me, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So, so we're basically just going to kind of break down the bracket here because this is this is mainly for my own purposes. I'm someone who um, is a v- extremely casual college basketball fan in that I know the big teams. I don't track them. Um, I recognize a lot of these names here, uh, but um, I just don't have the time or energy to watch. Like, there's a lot of teams in college basketball, and it's tough to keep up with all of them. However, I do have the human Wikipedia page for college basketball, Jacob Bigelow, with me. And to save my own bracket from being a complete and utter bust, I figured let's just do an episode where we talk... A bracket. It's Bigelow's Big Bracket Breakdown. <laughs> yeah, so to lead off, um, I mean, we were talking about, um, like, how long we've been doing this, like, together in bracket challenges. Two big teams missing this year, Kentucky and Duke. For the first time since, I think, like... 45 years, I saw somewhere. I, I don't remember the exact year, but it's definitely it's definitely a weird feeling, Um I think it's funny that Rick Pitino is coaching in the NCAA tournament at Iona when Louisville and Kentucky are not in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Duke either. I know Kansas and Virginia have been dealing with uh, some COVID stuff, but uh, the deadline to have to pull out of the tournament was today at 6, and as far as I know, nobody pulled out of the tournament uh no fill-in teams were going to be used so if anybody has to pull out of the tournament now because of covid stuff it just is going to be a forfeit um yeah but that's, so so this year is way more interesting than past just because duke and kentucky not being there those are big players that um I mean, honestly, I'm trying to think. They they usually make the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight every year. Well, right? people like to root against them too. That's another thing. Everybody likes That's to have a, everybody likes to have a villain uh, to root against. And I think, arguably, there would probably be no two bigger villains in uh, college basketball than Kentucky and Duke. But Duke Duke has definitely been a letdown most years in the tournament recently. Uh, they've yep. had a ten- remember, they've had a tendency um, to get upset. Um, they were a three seed in what, 2015, 2016? Got beat by that 14 seed? Well, 2015, 2015 they won it. Uh, but I think every other year, so, I mean, I think they have not even. Well, yeah, they got to the Elite Eight in Omaha. Maybe uh, it was 2014 that I'm thinking of. Well, yeah, they've lost to like Mercer. Um, I was going to say Mercer was the one I specifically yeah. remember because that year I picked them to win it. Yeah, they stupidly. lost to. I think that was the that was thirteen fourteen because that was going on in the arena while Nebraska was playing Baylor, and every time they showed the score, people got really happy. But Duke has kind of been let down, city in the tournament. I still can't get over the fact that the team with Zion and RJ Barrett didn't make the Final Four. They lost to Michigan State in the Elite Eight. Um, but yeah, it's definitely as somebody who has, uh, dabbled in Duke basketball from time to time, it's definitely going to be interesting to not have them in the field. Uh, I don't um, care. I don't care about Kentucky. They can stay at home. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't care. So I asked you to prepare some talking points before we also get into this, because our first matchup is a one sixteen seed. Who would you say out of these one seeds is your is the weakest 
Uh, probably Michigan right now because they're dealing with injuries. Um, Isaiah Livers is probably their most important player, and he's hurt right now. Uh, he did not play in the in the Big Ten tournament semifinals where they lost to uh, Illinois. Uh, if Livers, I, I mean, they need to get to the Sweet 16 probably to get Livers back, but I think in that region they are definitely – the most vulnerable one seed. Um, Do you see them being the first one seed to go out? Um, I don't know. I think it's a coin flip between them and them and Baylor. Um, I think in Michigan's region, uh, LSU could give them problems in the second round. LSU is really athletic. They're, um, they're, they're a fun team to watch. And then on the bottom half of that bracket, you have Texas and Alabama, which are two really good teams, two really good coaches. Um, so just because of, I think, the, the teams that are in their region, I'd say Michigan is the most vulnerable uh, one. Hmm. All right. So Gonzaga obviously winning their first game. I don't think they're going to lose. Um, I think Gonzaga, Gonzaga got a pretty nice draw. Um, they have already faced Virginia, Kansas, and Iowa this year, uh, beat them all by double digits. I think they beat Virginia by 20 points. Uh, They controlled the game against Iowa for the most part, even though it was really fun. Uh, Kansas, they played like the first week of the year, and Kansas, like, I think the final score ended up being like Gonzaga won by 10, but this is not a very good Kansas team. I'm kind of like all the way out on this Kansas team. Yeah, I've but, been talking to one of my coworkers about Kansas, and he said he's not impressed. He's a lifelong Kansas fan, and he doesn't think that they're going that deep. No, I mean, this is the first Kansas team, and Lord only knows how long, that just does not even have any like NBA talent, I think. So I, I'm definitely out on Kansas. I'm picking, I'm picking Oklahoma over Missouri. Um, do you think Oklahoma-Gonzaga could be a good game if that happens? Uh, not really. I think no, Oklahoma's think kind of, I think, I think Oklahoma's kind of fraud city. Uh, they had a really good run in like January where they beat some really good teams, but they also have some tough losses. Uh, that game with Missouri is probably a coin flip. Um, I yeah. like, I like both the coaches in that game, uh, Lon Kruger and, uh, Quanzo Martin, but that game is probably a coin flip and it's kind of a coin flip to sign your own death warrant. Cause I don't think Gonzaga will play either of those teams close. Yeah. Uh, Creighton wins UCSB. You think, you think they win their first game? Um, it's tough to peg and I'm not just saying this as because a, of the coaching as situation. a Nebraska fan and, a and a Creighton doubter, uh, Creighton just got their asses handed to them in the big yeah. East, uh, championship game against uh georgetown and now their first game that they're going to play is going to be in a football stadium it's going to be in the football stadium where the colts play in indianapolis and they don't get to practice there their first time on the court is going to be in warm-ups um so i don't really and, and they're a team that likes to shoot the ball it might take them a little bit to get going uh find their rhythm on offense uh, Santa Barbara's big. They have a lot of big guys inside. They're one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the country, and that's where Creighton's weak at. So I think Creighton, Creighton, it's going to come down to uh, Christian Bishop's got to play well inside. He can't get into foul trouble because I think Ryan Kalkbrenner, the freshman big, might get eaten alive if he has to play too much. 
Um, and then it's also going to come down to what uh, Mac wants to do with Denzel Mahoney. Denzel Mahoney is shooting, I think, 22% from the field in the last 10 games for Creighton. Um, my running joke has been calling him Denzel Maharden because he takes a lot of stupid shots and he kind of, in my opinion, just looks at the ball on the rim and says, I'm going to go get it. And he is very, very frustrating to watch. Um, so you're saying that's one to look out for, but not a guarantee. No, upset. it's one to look out for, but it would not be my first pick uh, for 12 fives. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely one to watch, in my opinion. I think Virginia wins this game against Ohio. Just looking at the stats, it doesn't seem like Ohio has a great defense. Ohio's hot. Uh, they've kind of been on a little roll. Uh, Virginia, you know, they are going to play at a snail's pace. They're one of the slower, slowest paced teams in the country. And those teams um, are hard to beat. They're going to defend the hell out of you. Um, but they're also going to be coming off a little COVID deal where they had to pull out of the ACC tournament. So, Ooh. so we'll see about that. A team I really like in this region that could be sneaky is USC. Uh, they have two brothers. They have the Mobley brothers. Uh, Evan Mobley, probably a lottery pick, an early lottery pick. He's a big guy. Uh, he's a he's a beast inside. Uh, their matchup against the winner of Wichita State, Drake, could get a little interesting. Uh, Drake's going to get their best player back. He had been out for I think three oh. or f- for I think three or four weeks. Uh, he's and his nickname is Tank. If that was not enough <laughs> for you, um, I forget what his last name is, but they should be getting him back for the first four game against Wichita State. Uh, that'll be a good little. Uh, a good little Missouri Valley reunion uh, between Drake and Wichita. And I think Drake Drake could play USC tough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick him, but I, I know uh, Darren DeVries, Drake's coach, he is one of the more – uh, one of the better up-and-coming coaches in uh, in college basketball, so I wouldn't count count out the dogs either in their first game or in uh, in a second-round game against USC. But I really like USC. I think if USC gets through uh, that game, I think they knock Kansas out. That's one of my early takes. I was going to say USC. I have them going to the Sweet 16 over Kansas as well. Um, Oregon VCU. I feel like a lot of people are going to pick VCU just for the upset purposes, but I think Oregon. I think Oregon's a little underseeded. I think they're a little. Yeah. I think they're better than a seven. Uh, they're really tr- their roster is really transfer heavy. They've got some some dogs on both ends of the court, and we know Dana Altman can coach. Uh, Oregon was not in the final four. Was in the final four not too long ago. And VCU, they're kind of tough to peg. They're not what they used to be with Shaka Smart. They don't do like the havoc uh, defense thing that they used to do all the time. I I would lean Oregon, and I also think Oregon can give Iowa trouble in the second round. Um, yeah, I was going to say Iowa definitely wins that game. Although shout out to GCU getting in the tournament for how many advertisements on C on I I see on YouTube about come to GCU like good for them. It's their first tournament appearance ever too. Their first it's tournament all about the appearance brand. ever. All about the brand. Uh, they will get their asses handed to them. I think good for the but, lopes. Good for the um, lopes. Um, yeah. Every time I've done a bracket because I've done a few, it seems like this whole region there's not a whole lot of upset probability. Um, at, at least relative compared to the other regions. Um, 
But we'll move on to the East. I think Michigan wins this game. Um, LSU, St. Bonaventure, who do you think? LSU. Um, I think they... By a million? Not by a million, but by enough. Because it's March. (laughs) By enough. Um, A lot of people are liking Georgetown against CU. Uh, CU, I mean Colorado, not you, Creighton. Um, Georgetown got really hot in the Big East tournament, went on a little run, but they really didn't, like play anyone that was like that impressive they beat a bad marquette team a seton hall team that was never really that overwhelming uh villanova without their best player and then creighton who just looked incompetent so i i was gonna say georgetown colorado i feel like this is gonna be a big one that a lot of people are gonna just pick the upset because like georgetown went on a nice run I yeah. don't know if they do it against Colorado. Yeah, Colorado's good. Colorado's solid. Um, shout out Jariah Horn, one of the few uh, guys I worked with at Nebraska who's still playing college basketball. Uh, finally made it to the tournament. Um, Sad that uh, um, CSU didn't get a tournament berth. Yep, as they CSU were to was get. one of the first four out. That was tough. Um, would have been nice to see John Tanji. Yeah, would have been. Um, no, for sure. Yeah, CSU, they had a big game in their conference semifinal uh, against Utah State that was basically for a tournament bid. And Utah State got them, and then they lost in the – then Utah State lost in the, Mount, in the Mountain West final. And uh, I think Colorado State was the second team left out, so they came really close. But, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely unfortunate. Uh, Florida State, UNCG, uh, Florida State's really, really – really tough um but i heard one of my favorite basketball analysts well not even an analyst one of my favorite basketball podcasts listened to uh titus and tate mark titus said i feel this every year he says i love the idea of florida state more than i actually love florida state and i think people should definitely uh keep that in mind in this region um i think your focus if you want to pick a team that can knock off michigan should be with either texas or bama and not with florida state yeah i i mean looking at the matchup it doesn't look that all impressive at least the stats wise um i think i think i'll probably just stick with the safe bet fsu pick um byu what are we feeling on BYU? BYU, they had Gonzaga kind of on the ropes in their uh, conference tournament final. I think they led them at halftime, had a lead but, for part of the second half, but then Gonzaga just turned it up a notch. I are think they it's going to be good enough to beat. I think it's. Those I think it's hilarious that Michigan State UCLA is a play-in game. Just two of the true two of the more <laughs> traditional powers in college basketball. A really good coach in Tom Izzo, up-and-coming coach in Mick Cronin. I think it's hilarious that that's a play-in game. Uh, Another shout-out to someone I used to work with, Coach Michael Michael Lewis, who's an assistant at UCLA. Um, It'll be... It'll be interesting to see. I think I... If Michigan State gets it done in the play-in game, I'd watch out there. I'd watch out for them. Uh, BYU, though, they do have good size. They shoot the piss out of it from three, and they take a lot of threes, too. So, like the their coach, changed like so their much. coach, too. Yeah. Threes are just so important now. And if you got a good 
a good squad that can shoot the three. It's amazing how long chance. it took for basketball to realize that three was worth more than two. It's kind of wild. <laughs> um, it's kind of kind of hilarious that basketball is basically turned into like how me and my middle school friends were like playing 2K like custom associations when we were just like draft dudes who were like 60 overall but had like a plus threes we did like fantasy drafts on 2k and we'd pick like matt bonner and steve novak and be like dudes got a wet ball (laughs) and just and just do nothing but just shoot 43s a game and it was and that's it's funny that that's kind of what basketball has become but i digress in the bottom of this next one texas abilene christian i will lead off with i made Six brackets that were all results of coin tosses. And this was because at work, we had a snowstorm, if you didn't hear. Colorado had a snowstorm. And uh, it was pretty snowy, so at work we were bored because there was nobody coming in. In five of those six brackets for the coin toss, Abilene Christian beats Texas. I think the universe is trying to tell me something. I want to say this is a surprising upset. I think you've uh, I think you've spent too much time in church uh, that you're convinced <laughs> that a team with Christian in its name has any yeah, ch- yeah, has, maybe God's on their has side. any chance in hell against the Texas Longhorns. Uh, Texas, they're definitely a dark horse Final Four pick for me. Uh, Alabama too. I mean, they're both. I mean, Texas has really good athletes. They've got a five-star recruit who's from Austin and chose to stay in Austin and play for Texas uh, named Greg Brown. Uh, They also already won a tournament this year that had limited fans and was like in this weird COVID environment. They won the Maui Invitational that wasn't actually in Maui. It was in Asheville, North Carolina, but they... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they they do already have that on their resume of winning a tournament this year. Um, and then in the bottom, uh, UConn is going to bully Maryland. I'm surprised Maryland is even in the tournament. They're not a very good team. Um, Alabama, sorry, Rick Pitino, but you're going to get rolled. Alabama plays like, I mean, their coach. So Alabama's coach, Nate Oates, Eight years ago, he was coaching at a high school in Michigan. And now he is the head coach at Alabama who just won the SEC tournament. They're a two seed, and they are... Nate Oates thinks that mid-range jumpers are poison. He hates his team taking them. It's threes, layups, and dunks. It's the... That's fair. It is the... The ideal system that like Creighton and Nebraska want to run, except Alabama has like five star recruits, <laughs> has five star recruits running it. Um, so I think Bama UConn in the second round could get interesting. Uh, UConn is going to want good game. UConn is going to want to muck it up. They're going to want to like bully you, play the whole ninety four feet man to man right up in your face. And they've got a really good player in James Booknight who is an absolute bucket and is a candidate to uh, take his team on a run. I don't know if it will happen, but it's there's definitely a chance. Um. Baylor wins that game. I think Wisconsin beats North Carolina here. I disagree. Uh, really? Wisconsin, this is probably, I mean, Wisconsin was like people's picks to win, the some people's picks to win the Big Ten at the beginning of the year, and they have just been on a slump for the last month. 
Um, they have not beaten anybody very good. They are shooting terribly. Um, I was going to say Michigan twice lost. Illinois lost twice. Iowa lost three times. Um, Ohio State lost by 12. Yeah, they have not really beaten anyone good. Uh, their point guard, Brad Davison, is having one of the like worst statistical years ever in terms of uh, shots from two-point. He's shooting like close to 30% on like layups and uh, two-point attempts. So he's just been record-settingly bad. Uh, so I'd have to take the Tar Heels there. Do you think the Tar Heels get out-coached in the round of 32 against Baylor? Or, or I mean, do you think they out-coach Baylor? No. Uh, Baylor's got the best backcourt, arguably the best backcourt in the country. I, I mean, this is, this is an okay Carolina team. This is not like your typical Carolina team. Um, they'd, have to, they'd have to have like an all-time good shooting game to get by Baylor. Uh, and that's just, that's just being honest. Cause Baylor is Baylor is that much better than your just typical, like good team. So, uh, um, Villanova Villanova. So their best player, Colin Gillespie. And I know some people would argue in high major basketball, how is a white point guard such a difference maker? And it's because he just does the little things. He got hurt against Creighton. Uh, He's out for the season. And after he got hurt, they lost to Providence in the regular season finale. And they also lost in the Big East tournament. This is why this would be the 12-5 upset I'm looking at in Hmm. Winthrop. Winthrop. um, Who have lost once. They have lost once. Uh, They played 24 conference games. In their conference, I don't know what conference they're from, sorry, but um, I think that is the 12-5 upset that I would lean to the most, personally. That's interesting to say that. I I, I didn't really consider it. Um, It looks like they're averaging almost 80 points a game, uh, which is something to take a look at. And it also says in the analysis here, shout out to ESPN, because I don't know this shit, but um, it looks like they have... Uh, two guys who could be a problem. So that's not a bad pick. Uh, Purdue, you think, makes it through? I do. Uh, North Texas, they had a big upset in the Conference USA final, knocking out uh, Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky was probably the best team in that league all year with a potential lottery pick in Charles Bassey, and North Texas upset them. Uh, So I think Purdue should be just fine there. Uh, uh, Texas Tech people, a lot of people I've been heard are saying are drinking the Kool-Aid on this one. So don't count out Utah State. And I'm not just saying this because uh, Utah State's coached by Craig Smith, who I have met uh, and is a from the Tim Miles coaching tree. Very nice guy, knows his stuff. Uh, Texas, Utah State's got a big seven-footer inside who is a is a monster. I think that has the chance to be one of the two, one of the better games of the first round. Um, Texas Tech's got a really good coach in Chris Beard. Uh, Mac McClung is pretty. Inconsistent, but the rest of their team can. Mac McClung's on Utah State. Mac McClung is on Texas Tech. Oh yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Trans- duh, transferred duh. to Texas Tech from Georgetown. But um, good player. But yeah, I would agree he's inconsistent. Yep. I've actually watched for some reason. I've watched two Texas Tech games this year somewhere. <laughs> Can't remember where. That's funny. 
Um, then we get to a team that a lot of people are, are buying in on, and that is Arkansas. Arkansas, uh, they have a their best player. I mean, you can't count out uh, a guy named Moses, a basket <laughs> a basketball player named Moses. Their best player is Moses Moody. Um, he. Um, Arkansas is also coached by Eric Musselman, who was the coach at Nevada for a few years. Uh, he got was in the spotlight a little bit because after Nevada made the Sweet 16, he took his shirt off and celebrated like an absolute psycho. Uh, he's at Arkansas now. Uh, they play really fast. They're pretty skilled, pretty well coached. Uh, some people have Arkansas as a dark horse, like Elite Eight Final Four uh, team. Um Florida, Virginia Tech, that could be a tough game to watch. Uh, that could be marked NSFW. Uh, two teams that are just beyond inconsistent. Uh, Oral Roberts, they do. Like, I'm not going to pick any 15s over twos because I'm not insane. Uh, Oral Roberts could, I'm not saying they will, but they could make Again. it interesting against Ohio State. Hmm. Um, the Oral Roberts is one of the top uh, three-point shooting teams, not just in the Summit League, but in the country. Uh, their leading scorer, Max Max Abmus, or Abmus, I think, he just gets buckets, I and mean, it's absolutely incredible. He is uh, he's really fun to watch, and um, so Oral Roberts could make that interesting. Now we get to the last little the last quadrant here i don't even want to call them regions because all these games are being played in the same state and it doesn't really yeah. make much of a difference i'm just going to call it a little quad um so illinois as a one seed uh i wasn't expecting that just because i've never seen illinois be higher than i don't know like an eight or a nine well this is illinois first time in the NCAA tournament since 2013 um, they have kind of been up and down uh, these past couple years, but they do have probably the best one-two punch in, at least in the Big Ten. They did win the Big Ten tournament. Uh, some people think that they should have been declared the regular season Big Ten champions, but that's a whole other thing. Um, Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn, it is pronounced Coburn, but it is spelled Cockburn children. Um, <laughs> Sumu is a very, very crafty uh, combo guard. He's incredibly fun to watch. Uh, he got elbowed in the face last month and broke his nose too. So he's wearing like the LeBron, like Batman mask. Oh, so he's, he's about to go in. Yeah, is what so, you're saying. He's, <laughs> so he's been rocking, rocking the Batman mask. Uh, Kofi, Cur- Kofi Coburn is just an enormous human being. Uh, he bullies people inside. He is just a mass, a mass of humanity. Um, Loyola Chicago did not get many favors with this draw. Um, I was going to say you were the one who told me that this team is better than the one um, that made the the run. Yeah, the the analytics, like the numbers, they love Loyola. They're like they've been in the top ten in some of the. Uh, the metrics like Ken Palm and that stuff all year. People have said that this Loyola team is better than the team that made the final four. And then they get matched up with, I mean, an eight seed. They're vast. They're a little undervalued. And then they get matched up with Georgia tech. 
Georgia Tech is just a wild story. Um, most people would not view Georgia Tech as like a basketball school in any way, shape, or form. Uh, they came to Lincoln earlier this year and beat Nebraska by, I think, 12 or 13 in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And then after the game, their coach, Josh Passner, who I think might be the most interesting man in college basketball, um, I guess Georgia Tech, one of their like road road game traditions after road wins was to like go to the gas station to like buy like gas station tr- snacks or something, and because of like they couldn't for some reason, so Josh Passner brought out a pinata, but not just any pinata. The pinata was a uh, like uh to supposed to look like a COVID cell. It was like a circular ball with like little fuzz balls on it to look okay. like to look like a COVID cell. And he's just like, I got this COVID pinata for you. Here's some snacks, fellas. And awkwardly like throws it on the ground. And it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. They made the ACC tournament final because Virginia had to pull out of it because of COVID. So they automatically made the ACC tournament final and they upset Florida state to get into the tournament. And also another Josh Passner bit is he is one of the few coaches in the country who just wears like the face shield, like just the plastic shield over his face. Yeah. That's like around his head. Not a, doesn't wear a mask. doesn't have like the, the gator bandana or anything. I don't think he's cleaned the face shield all year. Like I, Gross. I don't think he's cleaned it. That being said, I think Loyola still beats them. But those, those are my Josh Pastner bits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shout out to Josh Pastner, good guy of the year. But um, Tennessee, Oregon State, Tennessee, Oklahoma State is a four is tough. Liberty could give them hell. A lot of people are gonna pick Syracuse to beat San Diego state because Syracuse has like a history of upsets, but also a lot of Mm -hmm. people think Syracuse didn't even deserve to be in the tournament. Um, West Virginia, Moorhead state. Give me Bob Huggins any day of the week. Uh, Clemson Rutgers. I can't believe Rutgers made the tournament. I think they're the, I think they hadn't been in the tournament since like 1990 or 1991. So this is Damn. their first time in the tournament. Even when they came to Lincoln and lost by almost 30 to Nebraska, they still found a way to make the tournament. And I kind of like them against Clemson. And then there's Houston. I don't really know how to peg Houston. Uh, Quentin Grimes is really fun to watch. He play, He started his career at Kansas. But I really don't know much else about uh, about Houston. Uh, Cleveland State, they're one of the best stories in the country this year. Uh, Dennis Gates and the turnaround he's done there has been remarkable. Uh, He probably will not be at Cleveland State next year. He's one of the hotter names in the coaching carousel. But those are my breakdowns of the quads. Um, I think you also asked, let's see. uh, Yeah, I was going to say, so so now that we finished the round of 64, what what team, if any, do you think has the makings of like a Cinderella team? A Cinderella team. Um, I mean, it, it, become, it depends on your definition of Cinderella. 
Uh, like I said earlier, USC, I don't know if many people would consider a six seed a Cinderella, but people do kind of undervalue the Pac-12. I would say bottom below a four. Yeah, so you, you, USC's in there, uh, Winthrop's in there. Um, you t- think Winthrop could be a Cinderella? They could. Um, Over Purdue? Purdue is very young. They're very, they're very young kind of inexperienced so i mean they're tough as nails i'm not going to take anything away but winthrop's definitely in the mix there Hmm. to make a possible little run um and then unfortunately like that's kind of it for me Um, it kind of seems like this year the difference between the bottom half teams and the top half teams is kind of significant oh it definitely is as in there's a lot of teams in the tournament that aren't necessarily in the tournament because they're good but because other teams were just not that great no i would agree i mean mean, it's definitely kind of got a feel of gonzaga and illinois versus the field or even down to like gonzaga versus the field um yeah that's definitely definitely a bit of the vibe that i've gotten um and that's kind of just been it what it is all year gonzaga is really really good um they they made the final four a couple years ago lost to north carolina in the championship game and i mean and i know you know this isn't a take that's that's new by any means but i mean they're just they're just so deep they're so talented they have and they they had i think Two guys make first team all American, another guy makes second team, and another guy make third team. That's all but one of their starters was an all American in some way, shape, or form. They're just just everything they do is so smooth. They make it look so easy. The way they can just flip a switch at any time. And it's it's different from anything I've seen, really. Um okay, so out of the ones and two seeds. So we're factoring a bit more teams here. Who do you think is the first to go out? I'll 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 list them off again. Gonzaga, Iowa, Michigan, Alabama, Baylor, Ohio State, Illinois, Houston. Uh it's going to be probably Houston or uh Houston or I mean, it's kind of a three-way race, in my opinion, between Houston, Bama, and Iowa. I think they all are going to have really tough second-round matchups. Well, not Houston in the second round, so I think it's kind of between Bama and Iowa. Um, UConn is going to be pr- pretty tough for Bama if that ends up being the matchup, and then so is Oregon for Iowa. So I think those are definitely two very vulnerable in the second-round matchups, but I've re- I really like Bama. So we'll see how that goes. So I guess I'll just say Iowa. I'll give the answer of Iowa because they still don't really play a lick of defense, but they can score with the best of them. So, um, And lastly, who do you have as your personal final four? My personal final four at the moment, uh, subject to change, uh, is Gonzaga, Texas, um, Ohio State, and Illinois. That's not a bad. That's um, not a bad. And then pick right there. the championship game, which I feel like almost everybody has, uh, is Gonzaga beating Illinois. I I have learned from my mistakes of taking risks with picks in the past and how much it can bite you in the ass. 
And I think Gonzaga may just be the closest thing to a lock that we've ever seen. So that's what I've got. Cool. Um, I'll probably still mess around and totally destroy my own bracket. Um, Because, you know, that's how I do. That's how I be. This is what we do. (laughs) Well... You have any final thoughts before we uh, we depart? No. Um, well, yes and no. Um, <laughs> this is my favorite time of year. Um, I'm going to be in a really good mood these next couple weeks. Uh, it helps that none of the teams that I'm invested in really are still playing. Uh, but I just just enjoy it. Just enjoy the fact that we're having NCAA tournament. Uh, there's going to be some games and some cool places uh, to start the start the tournament. There's going to be games at Assembly Hall where Indiana plays. My favorite arena in the Big Ten, Mackey Arena uh, at Purdue. Hinklefield House at Butler where uh, the where the movie Hoosiers, where the last game in Hoosiers was filmed. Um, <laughs> so a lot of history in some of these venues in Indiana. Uh, it's going to be a fun few weeks, and we're gonna we'll definitely have reactions. I think we're gonna have reactions to some first round games at the end of the week. I definitely, I think the schedule change, the first day of games being on a Friday, is kind of weird. It's usually on a Thursday, but yeah. um, but I think it'll it'll still be really fun. I'll st- I'm still gonna get together with some friends like the old days and just have a bunch of screens with every game on and some adult beverages and just enjoy the ride so i was gonna say the best the best part about march madness every year is that no matter how much analysis you do no matter how much you think you know it is still march madness and there's gonna be some shit that fucks you up yep there's gonna be some stuff that is in the highlight reel for the rest of time so for all we know gonzaga loses in like the sweet 16 and we're all just like what the fuck yep that (laughs) would be nuts but um (laughs) so that's it for our first for our basketball special uh thanks for tuning in we'll have a regular uh podcasty podcast uh later in the week so thanks guys enjoy the ride talk to you later